Hi, I'm Michael McCoy with Dice Made Me Do It, and this is Legends of Tabletop. Good evening and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We are going to be jumping in here with our uh, 17th session of Day Trippers. This is a wow. super fun game. Uh, it's just uh, it's just John and I. We had uh, Vince on here for a little while. We had uh, Jesse on here for a little while. And, uh, I, you know, maybe we'll see Jesse back again. I know he was talking to Chad about maybe resurrecting Chip. Uh, it makes me sad in my heart a little bit when I send out the invites. It's like Ed, Jesse, and I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, Chip. Yeah. But all that being aside, uh, I'm going to kick it over to Todd. Uh, let him give us a recap, and we'll uh, we'll jump into the game. Okay. Well, when we last left our two intrepid young heroes, uh, they were mid-mission on the planet Drear. Now, this is a contract job. Uh, you're working for X Investments. It's a it's a pretty important job because it's a search and rescue operation. A fellow named Drail Mentaka apparently is a pretty well known day tripper, but uh, you guys hadn't heard of him before. Uh, got sent out here by X Investments to the planet Drear, and let me share with you a little bit about Drear. And uh, folks at home can read along. Drear is a planet of poisonous, swirling mists and intense humidity. Wisps and dark clouds of blue and green glass gases drift casually about without mixing like oil and water, creating layers of shadow and subtle motion as far as the eye can see in all directions. It drips with mystery <laughs> and plays havoc with visual perception. Survival suits are a definite necessity. And uh, you guys didn't know the role for this, but here's here's what happens if you end up exposed to the atmosphere. You have to make a health roll every minute or start suffering muscle spasms, nerve malfunctions, and generalized skin irritation. Oof. Sounds like my Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah, so it is, it is uh, one of those components, either the blue or the green, uh, is corrosive, acidic, and it fucked up your drone. Just before we ended last night's mission, you had, you had searched through. I'll share a different screen with you now. Right, the drone. Yeah, that was my bad. I, I brought that into the uh, to, into the decon into the. Uh, well, better the drone on us. <laughs> yeah, fucked it all up. <laughs> we had. Oh wait, was that Reggie Junior? No, no, no. That's no. the ship. That's no. the ship. Okay, right. <laughs> okay. And Dan is the uh, the the computer who's. Uh, inside the dome okay damn it so there it is there's the vidome you guys have searched every room um in room four which is the common area you watch some videos of the crew and a guy who must be drail mentaka who was playing with his dog and i wanted to note because i wasn't sure i said this when i reviewed it i, th I think i didn't say it but i wanted to be clear in these in these 3D videos where Mentaka is playing with his dog. That was right here in the commons room. That was not old home video. That was recent video taken right on this mission. 
Yeah, so. I think you you had mentioned that it was like a like a post you know visual postcard home kind of thing. Yeah, so I just want to make clear that the man and the dog playing with each other that was happening right here inside the dome. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I remember this has a real event horizon feel to it, and I was feeling scared. <laughs> Because you guys saw something that looked like maybe about the shape of a large dog running by in the midst in the mist before you even entered the Vidome back when you were still on the ship. Mm. So there's something out there shaped, sized roughly like a large dog, and you don't know what it is. You keep seeing things moving around out there. Sometimes they seem maybe dog-sized, sometimes maybe man-sized, and just as we cut the camera there was something that looked like a long snake hovering between the trees but the air on this planet is messing with your vision and it's hard to tell what you really saw all right so i think now your, drone, your drone is dead it's laying out there in the moss and that's where we that was our last shot and i will accept your suggestion john that you guys don't see it but the camera cuts back to the drone and there's a little spark of electricity and then something moves past the drone and it looks like it might be man-sized nice <laughs> then the the airlock door closes <laughs> and there's something man-sized <sighs> alright so, so we head back in then I guess at that point and uh, it's, uh, I, I mean Reg they're dead right I mean I think I've seen this movie. They're all dead. Well, I mean, so I think the thing we saw outside when we came up was probably the dog, right? I mean, like, is, I mean, we know the atmosphere is corrosive and causes problems. So how is it, if it is the actual dog, uh, one can only assume that it is mutated, mutated. No? Well, the mimic, right? I mean, like, Maybe whatever the the, the, the non sentient quote unquote life form is is able to withstand the mists clearly. So uh, okay, so let me let me catch you guys up a little bit more, especially you know in case there's anyone listening to this that didn't hear the first half. Uh, what you've discovered is that uh, number room number two is the command room. That's where you hooked up with Dan the computer, and Dan the computer has been really helpful. But Doctor Mentaka was very secretive the last couple days that he was in the dome. And there hasn't been anyone interfacing with Dan for the last two days. You did find a program entitled Participant Research Biochemistry, but it's scrambled. It looks like Mentaka's secret project, but you guys were not able to crack the code and Dan can't crack the code either. You did find enough notes scattered around the room, paper, written down notes, to put together that Mentaka was researching something he called the mimic. And the mimic had the ability to alter its form to possibly any other type of creature. He had brought some samples into the dome, and he was attempting to write a program that could enable Dan to either synthesize or at least diagnose the chemical and molecular properties of the mimic's flesh. But he did not complete that program. Something happened. The place was a mess when you found it. There's, like, furniture broken and scattered around. Uh, The bot was programmed to defend the place and attacked you aggressively before you managed to shut it down. And Dan doesn't know anything because, as far as he's concerned, nothing's happened for the last two days. Right. 
and the the, the module like the uh, the central module for the uh, for the robot was also scrambled or removed. Yeah, some, only- something seems to have been removed from the robot. The data that does exist is all encrypted. Dan can't decrypt it, although we did tell you there is one file at the end that's different from all of the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the bot right now is useless. You've powered it down and right. transferred a backup of everything in it over to Dan. Did we uh, did we already talk to Dan about whether or not there was any secret, like, is there any secret compartments in this facility? Uh, you actually did not ask him, but uh, he can provide you with the schematics. And there are small cubby holes and, and closet space that's not indicated on the map. But nothing I would consider secret, he says. But he, he, he can scan for life forms anyway, probably, within the facility. So I think that... Uh, there there, none. there yeah. are, there okay. are life scanners on the outside of the dome. <laughs> they're pointed outward. Um, but they're not activated right now. If you want Dan to activate a scan, you just ask him. Oh, I feel like that would be a good idea. Nash? Yeah, no, definitely. Good, good, good call, Reg. Also, I have a bit of a question for Dan. Dan... Could you describe to me in detail exactly how Dr. Mantaka was able to capture one of these mimic creatures? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Always with the dice. <laughs> <laughs> Never before have I ever been so w- wigged out by dice being rolled after silence. <laughs> I have a theory. Uh, did, did you instruct him to, to call you... Reggie or Mr. Carlisle? I think Reggie and and, uh, and Jack. I think he was calling me Jack. Reggie and Jack. Okay. I have a theory, Reggie. You may call you, me Reg. <laughs> I have a theory, Reg. <laughs> but you. as you know, correlation does not necessarily indicate causation. And I know exactly what those words mean. And therefore, my theory must remain hypothetical. However, I believe that I had noticed an uptick in mimic activity within 100 meters, shortly after the period of any atmospheric scan, such as the one you asked me to perform now. Would you say they are drawn to the atmospheric scans? Would that be a hypothesis? There is a high probability that if some form of causation is reflected in my limited data, then an attraction of some sort might be indicated. Uh, Dan, why don't, why don't you turn that scan, uh, turn that scan off, and just oh, do you see anything now? There are no life forms within 100 meters. Yeah, why don't why don't you shut that off for now? That's probably Nash. I have to be honest. I only understood about 25 percent of what it just said. No, so what Dan is saying is, if when they turn the scans on, it's drawn whatever. The mimic is to the dome. That's good information. Yeah, shut it down. I mean, we have to assume okay, that. And, and Dan will continue to say that he voiced this opinion to Dr. Mentaka, who didn't seem to make much of it. But as, as far as Dan theorizes, and he doesn't know because he doesn't have visual sensors of this, but as far as Dan theorizes, Mentaka used an atmospheric scan to lure a mimic close enough to the dome to somehow seize it. Now, this is a theory, says Dan. There's, I have nowhere, uh, I do not have enough data to uh, even predict a high causation, only a correlation. So how about 
All right, okay. I, I think I understand now. So there wasn't a point in time where it seemed as though he asked you to perform a scan and then summarily disappeared 20 minutes later. Is, it, is there some sort of a timestamp on his last request for scan? Uh, I'm searching my records now. There was a two-hour gap between my last scan and my last contact with Dr. Mentaka. As in, you scanned, and then two hours later, you heard from him? Two hours later, Dr. Mentaka was in the dome when he must have shut off all of my sensors and inputs. What? He powered me down. All right, you're sure that it was him and not a mimic? Again, I do not have enough data to prove right. that there was a causative yeah. effect here. Oh, However, I'm sorry, Dan. Dr. I'm, Mentaka... I'm not... Dr. Mentaka was clearly within the dome as he was speaking to me directly. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm not very good at some of this, but thank you. Thank you, Dan. I, I wonder whether or not he... Dan is, Dan is admitting that it's possible someone else might have powered him down, but his theory is that Dr. Mentaka powered him down because Dr. Mentaka's was the last voice that he heard. Meanwhile, the two-hour gap he, he doesn't have any contact with Mentaka during that gap. So, again, he's theorizing that Mentaka ordered the scan in order to <clears throat> summon a mimic. What about, would we say, uh, is there some sort of activity log with the airlock around that, that time period? The airlock was used three times within 30 minutes of the last atmospheric scan. Are you able to tell who used it? I am sorry. Ridge, I have no visual sensors. Right, right, yes. Okay, you, you mentioned that. That's my bad. So, look, I, I'm thinking he he had him do the scans. It brought the, the, the mimic in, right? Like, he took his samples. But then the last time, I wonder whether or not he drew one of them in, let him in, and they attacked. It attacked the rest of the crew. Remember when we were looking at the logs, they had no idea. There was no interact. They were watching movies while he was doing his secret, you know, shenanigans here. I, I think X investments knew. I, I think she, I think Blanche lied. I, I, I mean, we asked her point blank if she knew anything else. And she said, no, like this is the kind of bullshit that I was talking to Bento about. I feel like we should just assume everyone involved in any mission that we're sent on is just lying to us or withholding some sort of information that could be useful. Well, Which I think we sort of did this time around. I don't think we actually trusted her to begin with, but, you know, I mean, maybe a little more information about about this would have helped. All right. Well, so, all right. So what do you want to do? I mean, we can, we can, we can call back upstream. We're, we're in free space. Let Bento know this is FUBAR. Maybe. I don't know if we can get a signal out through this atmosphere. Well, this is a rescue mission, right? Well, I mean, they're all risky, I suppose. Well, no, I'm rescue. I'm sorry. I oh, sometimes rescue. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, sometimes it throws me. Quite, I know, I'm sorry. I, quite, I'm a little thrown, to be honest, because I don't you understand. Were, you were expecting to rescue a whole crew and bring them back to Earth. Turns out what you've got is a mystery of some kind and maybe only one member of this crew survived and uh, maybe he's doing something that nobody knows he's, he's doing. I just think if we hope to bring anyone back, it's probably going to be that dog or that humanoid figure, which in the back of my mind, Nash, I'm certain that it's a mimic 
and I feel like I I don't know. I feel like we should lure um I feel like we should try to catch a mimic. I don't know. I just, I'm leaning <laughs> towards it. I'm leaning towards it. I, but what, what are we gonna what are we gonna catch? I mean we could kill it, maybe. I mean we could shoot the fuck out of it. He did something, he had contact with it, he did something with it. What if it's what if they're intelligent? What if they have something to say? What what if they just want to be you, Reg? I mean, <laughs> I don't think Bento could handle it. He goes, "Oh my God, they want to be me." Oh God, there's a song in there somewhere. Yeah, it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> Do we have a basket <laughs> and a deep hole? Um, look, I'm just saying that. You know, like you said, this is this was search and rescue. I think they're all dead. I think, I think he uh, he got in a little bit over his head, and if he was still alive, I think he'd be here, right? I mean, right. the the atmosphere is toxic. Uh, you know, I mean, how long is he going to be able to, to like hide out in the woods with other mimics? Like, don't you think they're going to try to? Well, that's uh, why I'm sort of curious. About why he would summon some. I mean, he was clearly the only one who was hyper interested in studying them. Um, oh, but I think it because X Investments wanted him to. I mean, I think they knew. They said they just found it. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, maybe the block for me is going back empty handed. Well, we're going back with information, right? I, again, if if we could get a if we can get a signal upstream to Bento, just let him know what the situation, and see what he wants us to do. All right, let's do that before we actually shove off. Uh, we should, yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. I mean, do you think we can get a signal out? I don't know. I mean, Dan, can you get a signal out? Uh, I am not equipped with up vector radio. There, there may be one on. Oh man, I've forgotten the name of the ship. It's a Viper 6 or something. Oh, I have well, that in my notes. Yeah, you guys, definitely, I think you oh. have one on your Viper 6, but I was referring to their ship, the Delphina. Um, there may be an up-vector radio on board the Delphina, which we barely touched on, but the crashed remains of the Delphina are just beyond the 100-meter range of this uh, clearing you're in. How convenient. <laughs> well, do you want to... Yeah, I remember... I remember they were angling toward this spot. It had been pre-selected, but something made their ship go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, do we want to check out the wreck first? We never did do that. Checking out the wreck requires going out, correct? Well, I mean, if it's within 100 meters or so. It's like 120. It's outside of the clearing, but not far out. All right. Well, are we, are we, are we worried about them, the mimics, the creatures? If so, if we're going to go out towards the wreck, let's have them blast out a scan and have, use that as a distraction and get out there. But it's going to draw them to us, Reg, and then we got to... Right, but I'm saying it'll draw them to this location, and if we're not in this location, do we worry about it? I'm just, I'm just trying to gauge how worried you are about the mimics. Well, I'm not, I'm not super excited about it, for sure. I mean, Dan... It, could we could we put that scan on a timer? Like, could you start to scan in like ten minutes? That way, we get away from the dome before those things come in. You know I what I'm can, saying? I can start to scan at any pre-designated time, Chad. That's nice. That's good. All right. I mean, that's something. Um, uh, hey, Dan. Did when 
the scientists, when the, when the team arrived here, uh, did Dr. Mantaka immediately begin to um, reference or, or uh, upload data concerning the mimic? I recall the first time Dr. Mantaka came in and started speaking to me about opening files regarding a new life form, which he was referring to as a mimic. Uh, it does not seem to have been one uh, uh, among his, uh, what should Dan say? I have no indication that Mentaka was aware of the mimics before coming here, okay. but it took less than one day for him to begin using the word. Probably because he played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, did I assume, Dan, that uh, scans were begun shortly after the team arrived then? So that if your, uh, <clears throat> if your theory is correct and the team arrived and began scans and creatures began uh, showing up shortly thereafter. I wrote maybe... scans every hour on the hour as a matter of protocol. Mm. Do you wish okay. me to discontinue this practice? <laughs> For now, yeah, that's probably for the best. Logged and noted. I mean, I, so, Reg, if these things are native, mm -hmm. I mean, there's at least three more of them who may or may not have some semblance of their former selves still accessible. Does that seem seem feasible? I mean, start where you're, you're talking about their former selves. I, you, you, I must have missed something along the way. I thought it was just the, the native species, correct? Well, but if the native species is indeed this creature that Mentaka called the mimic, and his supposition is that it can mimic other life forms, I assume by extension that means that it somehow consumes and or uses the original life form. I have to admit... I hadn't even considered that was even any scope of possibilities, but now that you've mentioned it, it's terrifying to think about. Well, when we came up, there was that creature that was like dog size that kind of like scuttered away when we came up originally to the dome. I think the idea of the a dog. mimic, the idea of a mimic, though, would say, I mean, to me at least, it said, you know, okay, I see a dog, I'm going to be a dog, but I'm still me. As if, like, I was in a dream world, and I said, I'm going to make myself a dog, and I become a dog. I'm still Reggie, but I'm a dog. Okay, and uh, at, at this moment, you're just sort of gazing out the uh, semi-translucent white Viber 5 dome, and out at the edge of the clearing... Don't say it's that thing. Take a look at the screen that I'm sharing. No. Yeah, not it's... Not it's, that. You know what? Those... Now, I haven't really done it justice because what, what's depicted on the screen here is actually more clear and refined than what you see. Those mists and fogs are both in front of it and behind it, and they're constantly moving. So you catch glimpses of this thing and then not, and then part of it and then not. And it seems to be standing still at about exactly 100 meters right at the edge of the, of the, the forest. And it seems to be humanoid and it's just staring in the direction of the dome. Reggie's general bowel health sort of releases. <laughs> not, in a, not in a way that releases anything per se, just like it, something drops in his general 
gastrointestinal region. <laughs> but he regains his composure. If I may be so bold. Oh, God. <clears throat> I Dad, mean, you, haven't, you haven't done these scans. You see this? You see this? I, I do. I mean, it, like, it's hard to see anything through the atmosphere. I, I mean, that could be the native mimic, or, I mean, that could be one of the signs. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's a scientist just existing out there. I, well, but if it was taken over I, I mean I, Reg I don't, I don't know I mean um, alright all right, this is going to sound crazy but I, I think we should try to contact it I mean it's just staring over here I mean it must have some oh Dan can you you know what you have, it might be, no. it might, just, just then Nash said it's just staring and he pointed out and it's gone come on man Dan, can you do you have some sort of exterior audio capabilities whereas we can project our own voices outside of there? Dome thing. I mean, I mean uh, tell, to stop, tell to to come back. Yeah, I I I do possess an input output uh, interface panel with all manner of standardized uh, attachments. Oh, and can- uh, and 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 electronic protocols. It simply has to do with finding the right hardware and finding the right cable. Okay. I'm sure that we have a, and you've already been through the storage room. There is a selection of cables of all types for hooking up the, the machinery to Dan and Dan himself and the robot and being able to interface with the, the stereo system and the Tri-D video system and all of that kind of shit. So there's a lot of cables and wires and adapters. And right. you can hook most of these machines up to other ones. Oh my God. So there is there's a microphone on the Tri-D recorder, and there are two big speakers in the common room. So you there's there's really nothing preventing you from hooking up that microphone and speakers any way you want and setting them anywhere you want. Is there an electric guitar? <laughs> <laughs> and or uh, there there is there is in fact an electric uh, guitar. I, what were those notes from that movie from 70 billion years ago? Well, but, but wait, wait. So remember, we, we powered the robot down, right? No, no, no. I, 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 feel, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I think that's it. That was it. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> um, look. So we disabled the robot, right? Because the robot's broken. What, what if we, what if we put it outside, and turn it back on, and just point it at the, at, you know, to the to the woods, just to the edge of the clearing, and see what happens. That's good. We're doing science stuff. That's very <laughs> good. Well, I mean, but- it's, it's low risk for us, and we'll see whether or not it, you know, it, it, it you know, if it attacks it or not. Yeah, I think this is good. Now that's that's very good. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm assuming we left it kind of like in the hallway there. I mean, we didn't. Oh, actually, I guess we hooked it up to the. We hooked yeah, it up to Dan, so I guess yeah. it's in the room with us. It's in the command room, yeah, with Dan. Okay. Uh, so I guess we just—it's got wheels, so I guess you know we just push it back out into the airlock. Okay. Um, now you had just before sh- uh, shutting it down, you had passed your. X investments identity card in front of its sensors and it had stopped whirling around. So 
remember it was shouting identify identify mm -hmm. well you have <laughs> identified uh and you haven't as far as i know tampered with its memory so when it comes up it should still recognize you and it will not be psychotic okay i will train my weapon upon it just in case good point okay. i am ready all right, all right. So, uh so ready, Matt, at the ready <laughs> i'm gonna start saying that is that okay if i say yeah, ready, I like get ready that's not bad okay I'll, well okay well, well we'll see how it sounds we'll see how it goes yeah, well, right. let's, let's try it as we're as we're going. I'm sure little Kim will probably hate it, but maybe she has a better a better suggestion. <laughs> you might not want to know what she calls you. <laughs> maybe I do want to know what she calls me. We are going to want an electronics roll from Nash. All right, uh, and I this can... is this is actually easy. You only have to beat a two. All right. Uh, I got a six. Yeah, you uh, you managed to get the robot turned on again, and what? Uh, it makes it all the way to the edge of the clearing without like getting snagged on a log. It doesn't fall over. It doesn't get like stuck in a uh, hole. <laughs> all right, okay. Nice. <laughs> all this is kind of like success. the thing where like you have to word the perfect wish when you when a genie gives you a wish, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's a very good way to put that. All right, the bot rolls out to the edge of the clearing. Um, the, it's, it's really dark right now. The, the light from the dome itself is really about the only light there is, except for once in a while off in the distance, there's like a glint of deep blue or green, and then it's gone again. Um, you see, you don't see anything that looks humanoid out here, but the air itself is so thick and so slowly moving around, it is really easy to project shadows and optical illusions especially with all those trees out in the background uh it's it's eerie just being out here and the bot is standing there at the edge of the clearing just sort of spinning its head left to right and it is eerily silent and nothing is happening he's doing you great. keep thinking you're is that something no that can't be anything and that happens over and over again all right we oh, shit we pop the scan. Pop the scanner. Pop it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan, can you, uh, can you queue up a scan? Activating scanners now. Okay. You hear a slight buzz. Some lights flash on Dan's console. Uh, you don't see anything, but a monitor begins reporting inside room two, um, showing the results of the, of the atmospheric scan. Oh, I thought you meant inside room two. There was something. <laughs> no, fire, fire away! No. <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is, you guys are standing in the airlock, looking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you don't see it, but there's a printout happening on Dan's screen in room two. You you want to go get it? You want to go take a peek? I'll keep looking out the window. He'll probably understand it better than I would. Sure, sure, sure. All right. So Nash Nash runs over to the control panel. Reggie keeps staring out the window at the bot. Okay, um, you're looking at this uh, a series of lines that print out as jiggly, once in a while, jiggly lines uh, across a, a moving grid. And you're zoomed way, way back on it. So there's this large empty area that represents the last two days. And it's kind of like looking at the, an audio wave moving as you're, as you're editing it, right? So it's scrolling by, but you're zoomed out so far that you can clearly see the blank area. And on the other side of the blank area, you see a series of scans. And if you're doing your math right, because they're all time logged, 
it looks like these scans happened during those two hours when Dan had no memory of anything happening. Hmm. So it seems as though Mentaka had been shutting Dan off, running scans, and then activating Dan again. And these gaps in Dan's memory, he was literally powered down without knowing it. By the way, is potentially dangerous because he also maintains the air circulation and life support systems. Right, right. Does the does the current scan show anything inbound, moving around, anything like that? No, they're just minor oscillations, which are are that just means mists are floating around, and sometimes it's more concentrated in this area, yielding a higher probability of life form. But then that reading disappears a second later, and so it's sure, sure. Um, so he uh, so he runs back over to Reggie. He's like, Reg, uh, so as, you know, I'm looking at the thing, and it, and it looks like Mentaka was turning Dan off, but he was scanning while while he was powered down. I mean, powered down. I mean, shit, the airlock, the life support, everything. I mean, Dan runs everything. He was shutting well, him in for like two hours at a time. What could the possible reason for that be? I mean, do what, you think like, this guy's a bozo? Well, but maybe he. So maybe if he thought that the mimic could mimic a human, that if he got the crew replaced and took them back to X Investments, that they could, I don't know, weaponize it. Maybe. Are you suggesting? Wait a second. He wouldn't. What would he do with the crew? Well, the crew become the mimic eats the crew and becomes the crew. I don't. I mean, you're suggesting this. Man allowed his whole crew to be consumed or killed off or maybe hated it in some way? I I mean, would you be surprised? At this point, no. But, I mean, that's a hell of a thing. I mean, that's a leap that I hadn't gotten to yet. But I'm not saying it's incorrect. I just, I mean, that's, oh, God. Look, I mean, X investments. I mean, Bento said they, they miss more than they hit, right? But when they hit, they hit big. And there's got to be a way from them to fund that, right? I mean, we know they've got government contracts and shit. I mean, right. they're practically untouchable. Like, All right, so what do we do? So, so let's let's do this. Let's operate under the assumption that this man was turning off this main AI for the purposes of doing something in that vein. What is our next step to either get the hell out of here, or how do we show? I mean, is the report that Dan was turned off as often as he was without Dan knowing? enough to say hey funkiness is going on you need a bigger team with a well a more sinister intent than just well, you and i i mean it depends on whether or not x investment is complicit right i mean that's, that's complicit why do they allow this to happen why are we here if this is what they wanted uh, oh my god do they want us to be do they are we have we been put up as Reggie looks at out, outside the, the window again. Uh, we've just been... Oh, my God. How deep does this go? Does Bento want to get rid of us? Are we supposed to be mimics? Reggie, can't <laughs> tell You haven't been doing that Zoom Zoom, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I better have, because if I don't... Oh, not the Zoom Zoom. The uh, Nappy. The Nappa, Nappa Depresil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need some Cormenapresil. Zoom Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said Zoom Zoom because you sound pretty fucking paranoid right now. Look, oh, I'm sort of feeling a little paranoid, disembodied voice. <laughs> in my head, the beginning. <laughs> right, so, so, look, here's the thing. I mean, if if we want to do 
due diligence. We go out to the ship. Maybe we could figure out what happened. Maybe Mantaka, maybe he sabotaged the ship knowing that they would send someone else out to give him time to do whatever it is he's going to do and then be like, oh, hey, it's me. Let's go back. I'm a real person or whatever. And here's my dog that's not a dog. Look, I, I mean, maybe they're still out there alive. I, I, I mean, we, we can't wander around out here. No, I don't want to wander around here. If we're going to go right. and we're going to hit the, the ship, let's go hit the ship. I mean, Dan, um, can you tell us exactly where the ship is? Certainly. Uh, he pulls up a map and you see it just it's to the northeast of here, north by northeast. And it's like 120 meters away. So it's about 20 meters outside of the clearing. You know, Reggie reaches over and he taps the printout that Nash is holding. You know, I wonder if Dan and then he turns. It's actually, it's a holograph. It's a holograph. holograph. He taps the holograph and his hand goes through it and it dissipates. And then it doesn't. (laughs) And and he goes, you know what? I feel like I need to. Hey, Dan. Yes, Reg. Do you know that Dr. Menteca turned you off without you knowing? It is theoretically possible to shut me down um, in any number of ways. Your theories and hypotheses have been so good and well-constructed that I'm wondering what you think about that. What would be the possible reason why someone wouldn't want you, an ever-present, ever-pervasive AI controlling every system in this facility, to be turned off? It could be that it wants my logging activities to, uh, to cease at least for a period of time. Is there any conceivable reason why anything but a sinister intention would be present in that situation? What, basically, you know what? <laughs> Let me reword that. I'm sorry, Ted. I'm trying so hard to, to, to keep up with your language. Is there any benefit? <laughs> the feeling is mutual, Rich. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to dumb down for me. I'm sorry. Is there any benefit to your logging capabilities being disabled. It would mean that data returned to X investments would include gaps in the record, which would probably be overlooked. Hmm. That's very good information. I feel like that's good information. Okay. Well, okay. Well, now we have a new possibility that Mentaka went rogue. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, it's possible. Um, Dan agrees that although, you know, Correlation does not necessarily imply causation. Yes, yes. It is within the realm of possibilities that Dr. Mentaka was acting outside of the protocols of the mission orders that might explain the behavior you describe. Okay. He's possibly a madman. Um, okay. I don't think anything's changed. I think we go to the ship. I mean, it's clear sailing from here to the edge of the woods, right? And then it's only another 20 meters. Pretty much. We look. We, we, I think we get a length of rope. We tie. We tie each other together. That way, neither one of us gets lost. Yeah. We, we make it out to the ship. We go in hot. We check it out. We take video. We maybe we could pull up the, you know, the computer on board and see if there's any logs there. Uh, see if we can find out whether or not, you know, the ship was intentionally sabotaged. Like maybe just visually we can see that. Maybe we could fix it. Uh, I, I think that's beyond our scope. I mean, we yeah. have a way out of here. Probably. And if anybody were alive, they can come with us. I mean, salvage is not our purview. All right. 
Well, let's set it for what? 10 minutes? You want Dan to do a scan in about 10? And then we hope uh, it? Well, so if it's only 120 meters, it's not all that far. Um, what, what do you think? Like two minutes? We'll, sure. We, I mean, we I, get into the airlock, we, we, we get washed off. Yeah, we, in my mind, it'd be like, hey, when we're ready to go, we say, hey, Dan, why don't you pop that off in about 35 seconds? And then we just go. All right. Yeah, no, that works. That works. Good call. Because we're going double time, right? That's my assumption. Unless you want to try to be stealthy, which is also good. You will spend 10 to 15 seconds in the airlock. I mean, I guess that works. I mean, that's not, they call. probably don't come immediately, that. right? No, I mean, unless they're already there. I imagine uh, I imagine there is a bit of a lead time, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 30 seconds for maybe the time we hit the airlock. I mean, if it's got to take some time for the signal to get to pulse out and draw these things in. Sure. Gives us about 20 seconds to beat feet. Yeah, I mean, how far? I mean, I just, okay. Out of character, uh, you said 120 meters? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's not that far, right? 360 feet? Yeah, a little over 360, maybe. Oh, God, we can sprint there. We got this. 400 feet. All right, cool. Yards. Wait, yards. All right. It's like, a, okay, I can do football field. Right, I'm on top of it. Okay. So 120 yards is... 120 meters and 150 yards. It's pretty close. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay, I, I like it. Is it okay that I treat your out-of-character... GM voice as an internal monologue in Reggie's <laughs> mind. I was going to say earlier that I love the fact that I've got a player character here who's whose head is such a mess that I literally might just be a voice. <laughs> player character's head is a mess. You know me so well. <laughs> uh, that yes. it's it's not at all surprising to find Reggie having dialogues with himself anyway. Yeah. So I could be one of them. So Nash, I feel like Nash is just used to it, and it's all good. It never really does manifest as any real. But yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I, be- I? I believe if we go back through the record, we can find many instances of Reggie <laughs> talking to himself as though he was more than one person. Right. All the Reggie, time. Reggie responding to you. Yeah, that's. It was no, semi. No, I've seen yeah. you do it to yourself. Right. <laughs> I love Reggie so much. This is a, that's a John thing. I just I love playing this this guy. All right, so where do we land? I've watched you talk yourself in and out of things in this, <laughs> all by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my process. <laughs> uh, so where do we land? Fifty seconds. What was good seconds? No, no, no. So, so as we enter, he can't stand to thirty-five. Okay. So we're going to spend 15 seconds in the airlock. Gives us 20 seconds to start making our way out. I, again, I don't think, I don't think when he starts to scan, it's going to be an immediate response. So no, you're right. You know, if it takes us a minute or two to get out there, you know, maybe by that time the pulse hits them and starts drawing them towards the dome. Now you're, not, f- you're not going to be running at at uh, you know at linebacker speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the ground is. Hey, speak for yourself. I was a linebacker in. Futuristic high school, sort of. No, no, that's exactly my point. The ground out here is, yeah, it's pretty level, uh, but it's covered in like that wet moss. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. It's kind of indigo, purple in color. That's why I figured it's going to take us a few minutes to get out there, even you know, at like a jog. Um, yeah, at least if he pops it off shortly after we get out there, we can expect that even if. 
if they're hostile and they pursue, hopefully they get sort of drawn or thrown off by the scan. Yeah. All right, I like it. All right, Captain Nash. Give me the <laughs> countdown. Captain Nash will get you by the <laughs> night. Yes. We did well, it. So before that, like, you know, just we check the weapons, make sure, you know, rounds in the chamber, everything's ready to go. Uh, we find a hunk of rope. You know, we tie like, what, like 10 feet? We want some some maneuver room, yeah. maybe 20 it's feet. There's very quick, like, pull-ins to, like, the, you know, cocking of guns, tying of knots. And then there's, like, the, the did we already do this? There's the whole alien, like, and, like, muscles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Dan, we're, we're hitting the airlock now. Three. Okay. I'm, I'm actually wondering if you have rope. You probably don't. But what you do have is, uh, you know, like, 30 feet of electrical cable. That works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tying of cable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we jump in the airlock, Nash hits the button. All right. Uh, the air pressure changes. It grows a little less dense. There's this sucking sound uh, that happens for a few seconds. And then the outer doors, green light goes on. You can open the outer doors at any time. Nash hits the button. Right, up. Doors slide open. In rolls the blue and green mist swirling around you. Oh, so pretty. Uh, and out in the distance, you can see the bot. You can see actually the the light on the top of the bot's head. Its its head is going round and round, not real fast, but just round and round in circles. It's not doing anything. It's just spinning its head around. Okay. All right. So <laughs> good luck, soldier. <laughs> <laughs> so Nash immediately drifts to the left. I assume Reggie drifts to the right, so we're not running. So like the cord is completely stretched. Yeah, right. But you know, it, it's like, also not like going to like catch seven yards apart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now um, let me return to the map for a second here. Okay. So when you when you open the airlock, you're facing west. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you want to go northeast to where the ship is. I'm assuming, though, that the bot went pretty much straight out to the west, which is why you can see it when you open the door. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yep. So we'll, we'll follow the curve of the dome to get back around to the, to the northeast. And then once we, you know, I, I assume Dan, Dan has given us the location. We can enter that on our, on our GPS and then, you know, kind of follow the dome around and then shoot straight out. Yeah, you actually have a map that was shot from your drone earlier showing the entire clearing, so you could overlay your current position on that. Okay, yeah, then, then we would do that. Okay, and out we go. Uh, it is, uh, even even on the, the dark planet of Drear, there are nights and days. The length of a day is 42 and a half Earth hours. Well, it is the middle of the night right now, so it's darker than it was when you guys first landed. Um, there's a lot of black in among the green and blue. And as you guys move out, you know, you've got lights on your helmets. And there's the sort of uh, foggy ambient light emitting from the translucent walls of the Vidome itself. So it feels a little bit like being underwater, like at the bottom of the ocean, right? Dark blues and greens swirling around you all the time. And if you get further than 10 feet away from each other... You, it's hard to see facial features. Mm-hmm. Okay. I assume we can see like the helmet lights and the red dots on the. Yeah, you can see those. Kind of you can you can see the bright little lights on each other, but like at a distance of ten feet, 
you know, you should be able to, to know who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. You can just tell there's a human in there. It's just blurry. The air is always moving. Right. So, just keep moving. So, so Nash just, you know, he says to Reggie through the, like, you know, through the helmet calm thing. He's like, hey, pull off for a second. Uh, keep a lookout. Let, let's tighten this, this cord up. And, okay. and keep us right at 10 feet. Got it. And Nash just pulls it up and just puts like a big loop in it, you know, just to keep it from dragging on the ground and keep us a little bit closer together. Mm. All right. Uh, as you guys move out through the clearing, you do, in fact, see the Delphina. It is nose down in the moss, and it's already covered with lots and lots of fungus and vegetation. Fuck, that didn't take long. Yeah, it's oh been God. here. It's been here four and a half days. Okay. Five, five and a half days. Hmm. I wonder what's keeping that, that clearing around the dome, then. There's something moving on the ground at the tail end of the of the Delphina. Um, mm-hmm. You both get a visual on it, and I'll be damned if that isn't a dog. It's dark blue in color. It's hard to see. Uh, it there's a it seems to emanate a low amount of dark blue light from its surface. It is. You recall the video that you watched, the Tri-D video back in the dome. You saw the guy playing with the dog, and the dog was a boxer. And this has the shape of a boxer. Oh man but it's blue and it has no facial features and its mouth is just kind of a grim line. Do we take it? Do we, t- do we, do we, do we, do we take it down? I have a shot. I have a shot. I don't, I mean, I don't want to fuck. I don't want to kill. No, I know, dog, but it's not either. really. I mean, what if we just give it a chance to not be hostile? Okay. It's just, it's like, it's at the, you guys are at the nose end of the ship and it's at the tail end of the ship watching you. And it's not, it's watching? not like, yeah, it's, it's moving. Oh. It's moving a little bit. Um, it clearly doesn't want to come too close, but it's curious about you. All right. Um, shit. I mean, let's... I guess... I kind of want to contact it. I kind of want to... Don't touch it. Just whatever you do, don't touch it. We don't know how this thing does... That's a very good point. We don't know anything. <laughs> we know I mean, almost nothing. I mean... It, to Dr. Mentaka. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like his dog... Would look if it was blue. I kind of just. I'm, I'm just. All right. What if we just get inside the ship and just yeah. pay it no mind, or we'll just kind of like do a thing where we say, you know, okay, hi, puppy, and then we just go in the ship. Yeah, let's, let's make in for the ship. Okay, hi, doggy, good puppy, and then we go in the ship. All right. <laughs> the. Uh- on, on the side of the vessel, there is uh, a slot for you to enter your ident card. When you do, the door slides open. There's a really bad smell in here. You can't, actually, you can't smell because of your suits, but your atmospheric sensors like, light up your HUDs. Oh, God. Uh, this place is filled with thick, uh, spongy air. It's, it's warm and humid. And it's warmer than the outside air. It's actually cold outside, but it's warm in here. Oh, did he stick the bodies here? Did he stick the fucking bodies? Several of the windows are smashed open. There is a hole in the left front part of the hull, which comes into the cockpit. Wherever the pilot was sitting is blasted. It looks like some onboard system exploded, and uh, the fire started in the cockpit hmm. 
Ah, shit. Meanwhile, it also means that the hull is not hermetically sealed. And so layers and layers of fungus and molds have grown in here. And the air is probably thick with spores. Well, this is unfortunate. Uh, well, let, let me let me see if I can't get the computer up. I don't know if it blew the whole console. Maybe we, right. we might be able to pull something out of here. But this looks like why it went down. Reggie does Overwatch while Nash is doing this, just watching everything. But what Nash is doing? <laughs> so, so Nash would move to like. So if it exploded in the pilot seat, which is on the left, uh, he goes all the way to the right to see, you know, if he can pull up a computer, see if anything still has power. All right, give me an electronics roll right. and uh, beat six. Oof. I got a six. <laughs> Damn. All right. Uh, this is a yes, but you get the computer online, but uh, it uh, the power keeps shorting out, and you you have to keep like um, a- adjusting the level of power you're feeding to it because you don't actually have a reliable power source. You're like you've got a cable from your suit, and you're leeching off a little bit of extra power, but you're doing this manually. And if you don't line up the contacts perfectly, the system goes down again. So it keeps going up and down as you're trying to hold this wire still. The computer launches up. It's a female voice. It says, greetings, Mr. Nash of X Investments. My name is Delphina. It seems our ship has... Su- Power went out. Shit. Shit. Um, fuck. He, he casts around the cabin to see if there's like you know, a portable power source, you know, like a generator that maybe they hadn't taken over to the dome. See if there's anything that he can kind of jury rig. It looks like, it looks like they stripped everything except a first aid kit. Um, because there are other first aid kits inside the dome, but all of their personal shit and all of their equipment and all the cabinets here are empty. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Oh, Reggie, by the way, well, while Nash is doing that, uh, Reggie, Yes. You notice that the uh, there's there's a big hole in the hull on the uh, port side of the ship, and there's this greenish mold, slimy mold growing in through there. Well, you see it move. It's literally growing while you watch it. I I watch it very intently. It's moving very slowly. It's like you know uh, molasses dripping down an incline, but it is definitely growing. So, Nish, yeah, just you figure at this rate, I mean, it's already in and covering a lot of the services inside this ship. And this is a six man ship. So it's the size of like a medium sized city bus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you figure at this rate, you give it two, three weeks, it'll be completely filled with mold. God. Now, it's just a little heads up that that, that grain mold is, is definitely moving and actively growing. It is interesting. And fascinating, but also a little unsettling. Hostile? Is it trying to grab you? I don't think it's doing that yet. I'm just sort of watching it and giving you the heads up. Um, I wonder if it is. Is it, tro- is it trying to grab me? No, it's spreading like a, like a growing puddle of ooze. Man, can you imagine if they were able to get a sample of this and sort of engineer it or deconstruct it to sort of figure out its growing capabilities? I wonder if we should get something for Bento. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, if it was used, the I mean, 
can you imagine how much food you could grow if you could make that safe to... Yeah, you know what? I don't know if Bento would give a shit about that. Maybe we shouldn't give him this. (laughs) Well, either way... Sorry, I did it. No, I got the computer up, but it doesn't have good power. If we come back here with a power source, we might be able to get some information out of the ship. It looks like they stripped most everything out of here. Okay. I mean, I don't know if we want to make that trip again. I'm just... The, the computer's a viable option. Um, so maybe... All right, so can we can we get... Oh, uh, God. So what, do you want to go back to the facility, to, to, the, to the dome and get the power source? Well, well let's cl- let's go through it. Let's clear it. I mean, it's okay. not that big. Right. I mean... No, no, we can... Yeah, totally. All right, let's let... Maybe they go on on board. I, yeah, I mean, we can check in the back to see. I mean, there's nothing up here for sure. All right, we, we search the ship. You find nothing of interest on the ship? except for the computer itself. Okay. So no yeah. bodies, no nothing like that. Okay. No. All right. Um, I mean, it depends on whether you think it's worth the risk. Well, I don't know. Do you think it's worth the risk? What did you get at? Does the computer seem like it's got something worth making that risk? I mean, it's got its logs, right? If we can get, if we can transfer them over, then at least we'll have a record of what happened on the ship. So we don't have a a significant enough ability. We don't have the ability to do that right now. Is what you're saying? No, I I mean, I was, I was pulling some of the juice from the suit, but it's you got to hold the wires just so, and it it kept cutting contact. If if I could hardwire it, something. Could I help? Would it help if I helped? (sighs) You tell me what to do. And maybe we can get through this together instead of having to go and try to find some sort of power source. Is, uh, basically, cut, is there something I could do? Yeah. So, you know, Nash thinks about it and he's like, I wonder if we strip this cable down, right? Like we're wearing electrical cable. Hell yeah. Um, can I cut off a hunk of the electrical cable to get like a more hardwired thing and then just use power from the suit? To run it's it, a, even it's a good thing we didn't have a rope, huh? <laughs> okay, so let's let's handle this as a roll. First off, do you, do you want some help from Reggie because he can help position things or hold things? Yeah. Or... That that frees up my hands for him to like just hold something. Okay, so Reggie, this is an electronics roll which you don't have. No. So so that means it's a brains roll. Okay. Um, and two die for that. You're at a negative two because you you don't have the skill that you need. I'll take it. So yeah, so that's that makes it very hard, and you're gonna have to roll a six on is one a, of those. Is this a slip ship? Yeah, I got a slip dynamics. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna help here. Okay, <laughs> piloting? <laughs> no, okay. All right. No, this, I'm is, go. this, is, this is electronics. I did not get a six. I got a three and a one. <sighs> Your highest is a three. Not yes. over there. No, no, no. Push, you got to. Oh, I thought. I thought you said it. No, no. I thought. No. Oh, oh God. I'm sorry, Nash. Now you have a negative one because Reggie got in the way. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just. I'm not. In, uh. However, Reg, you know what, Reggie? You made an experience point. Because <laughs> you I guys, guess. you guys almost never get a no and. <laughs> That was a no and. No and. I got a two and a three. Like he, like he, like leans down, and I kind of like step on him. And then oh, yeah, no. like, oh, fuck. yeah, this and, is not and, my proudest moment. Now you've actually you made it worse. Uh, you you cracked a panel that was supporting a, a 
part of the circuit board that's now loose. So now you have to hold the wires in just the right position and you have to hold the circuit board in the right position even to get a couple seconds of this computer online. All right, so all of this goes away if we have a power source, though, right? Well, yeah, I, I could probably... No, no you've actually broke it Good. worse now. Right. <laughs> I couldn't, like, reconnect the, the circuit board or whatever. Like, if we had time, could I get in and mess around with it, try to, like, make it more stable and then hook it up? Uh, give me a brains roll. All right. Uh, highest is a five straight. The best you're going to be able to do is remove its, uh, drive, remove its storage drive, and then try hooking it up to Dan or Regulus and see if they can read it. All right. Uh, it's funny. I just looked up at the chat. Max said the same thing. Can't you just grab the computer core and take it back? (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Max. You're you're, uh, you're third man on the team. <laughs> you're, you're thinking, Max. You're thinking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, that so, means that Max made his brains roll. Is what that? Means. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honorary member of the team. <laughs> um, he's like, that, fuck. That's no. the voice. The chat is the voice in your head. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, right. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all the things in your mind. <laughs> Look, I, um, I um, Regis, I think I'll take a lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think I didn't think we fucked it up. Um, yeah, def- I definitely didn't help. Nah, I'm so no, sorry. No. Look, I, it's it's fine. Look, look, if we if we just pull the core, I mean, we don't have. I mean, we can't transfer the data anyway. Um, well, let's just pull the core. We could try to hook it up to Dan, or in lieu of that, we could hook it up to regular. To, to Reggie Jr. Yes, um, thank you. And and then, you know, at least we have that data, right? So we know, so we'll have that data. We've got the data from Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, the notes. I I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to wander around on this fucking planet for some bitch and, you know, some corporate office somewhere. Like, oh, we- hell no. No, no, you, no, definitely not. I feel like this is good. Let's, let's, let's get the call and then we'll see where we're at. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see whether or not the dome is surrounded. For all we know, Dan's still running the scans. I, I'm fully assuming that the dome the dome is in a state of duress. Well, but the dog the dog didn't attack. If we want to well, say dog, if it's still dog under there, but a good watchdog doesn't attack right away. Well, that's then, just something I just made up about he, what I think a watchdog should be. Well, be careful when we go back outside, then. Oh, first thing, we find the dog. And then, uh, I mean, if you want to do a a slow walk around just to make sure that there's no bodies outside. I mean, we know they made it to the dome, so I assume not. I mean, we've got video of them at the dome. Yeah, I would have. If I did this, if I were to, to, to come here and want to get rid of my team, this would be the perfect place to stash them, would be this ship. Well, there's nothing in the ship. No, so I think we can probably just go back. Uh, if you'd like, I'll do a perimeter check. I, I kind of feel like we should since we're here. All right, perimeter check it is. The whole so, clearing, you mean? Uh, no, just around the, sh- yeah, outside yeah, around the, the ship. Yeah, around the ship, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you guys go outside. Can... Uh, the dog has moved, the dog, quote-unquote, has moved a little bit closer. <laughs> oh, shit. 
The uh, door's closer. Yeah, it's it's watching the the door where you guys went in. Okay. So... Do we need to make a roll to pull the core or no before we get too far afield? Uh, yeah, just don't fuck up. Oh Jesus! Let me. It, so now that let's the, call it the, call it an electronics roll and don't roll a one on everything. <laughs> now that the dog is closer. What is, do we get any more like information? Do we get any more sort of detailed look on how it looks? Uh, yeah. You now that you're a little bit closer, it's you know it's it's more like it's just not a dog. <laughs> it's it's more like okay if if you had a dark blue candle shaped like a dog but then you left it in a warm room too long oh, on a no. summer day oh no it's kind of a wet looking blobby shape of a dog with no eyes and no nose just the shape just the shape of these things I, you did dog wrong you did it wrong uh, did you just say that out loud oh god did I probably well, yeah Probably if I if that's what I if that's what Reggie sees and he walks out, he was okay. like, "Oh God, you did dog wrong." All right. As soon as as soon as you raise your voice at it, it turns into it it, it turns into like a palm tree shaped thing that's got these barbed branches that all like open up as though it's threatening you with a giant blue mouth, and then it breaks into about twenty pieces, all of which fly away. So Nash like turns around like he's got the I rolled a six. So he's got the core, he's like stuffing it in a thing and it turns into a palm tree and he just like his eyes get real fucking big. I maybe it really didn't do palm tree good, did it? <laughs> I didn't get to say it did palm tree wrong. And that was just gone. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie, Reggie looks sort of flabbergasted. I mean that was it, right? That was the mimic, of course. And now it's in pieces. Gone. Is is any they of it still there? They all Does flew the... away. They they literally flew away like some sort of weird thing. It's like a half butterfly, half bird. It broke into twenty pieces and they all flew away. The butterbirds all flew away, and I sort of feel a little bad about that. Was I too harsh? Uh, uh, I mean, it did do dog bad. It, so that was the. The, the dog turned into the, like he yeah. just starts waving I his hands. You did like dog it. bad. You did dog wrong, and it that was its reaction to me, to my words. I thought, I mean, should I guess we just go, uh, and just forget that that ever happened? I feel terrible. I scalded the mimic dog, and it turned into a butterbird, slash, palm tree, evil demon thing. Yeah, and and you have to take palm tree really loosely because all I all I mean was it was a it turned into a, a long trunk like thing that Whoa. erupted that erupted into a bunch of spiky leaf like things, um, but to call it a palm tree would really be stretching the definition of palm tree. My well, point my point was that it it opened this uh, I'm going to say mouth in your direction in an attempt to threaten you, but in fact it did that because you scared it because then it ran away. Damn it. Well, <laughs> so, okay. I should probably not talk to, but I wanted, to, you know, if we just stayed a little bit longer, maybe we could have talked about it. I could have given it some pointers. You know, Ness, I feel really bad about this. I don't know where to go from here. I'm sorry. Did I think it maybe it understood 
what you were saying, which I mean, but I mean, like you take criticism, right? You're like, you can have a criticism, you can take it, you can hear criticism, okay, and just okay, okay, wait, 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 brains rolls, both of you. <laughs> Before you get too far afield. Before you get too far afield. Yeah. Uh, I got a three. <laughs> Nash was freaked out because it kind of looked like a plant. <laughs> He's got bad memories. I got the my highest was four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you're pretty sure upon reflection that it was really just. I mean, maybe the tone of your voice, but you don't think it understood what you said. You realize that this is the first time either of you has has raised your voice. You've been talking very quietly the whole time you were out here, and when you're inside the dome, everything's muffled by the dome itself. So you, you kind of feel that it's simply raising your voice is what scared it. Remember, it's really, really quiet here. Oh, my God. Okay, I would... L- okay, all right, never mind. Let's just get back to the dome with the core, and I think if we come upon any more of these things, maybe... If we speak softly to it, it will be a noise, you know, like not hostile. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if if you think it was because you kind of yelled at it, I mean, if we shoot it. Do I really yell? I mean, I understand. Do I really yell? I I mean, I just sort of gave it a note. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is... I mean, if you're saying... Let's it's face like it, a- Reggie, you ejaculated. <laughs> As I want to do. <laughs> no, but, but if we, sh- you know, if we had to shoot, we don't necessarily have to shoot them if it's a noise thing, right? I mean, just the loud noise would maybe be enough to... How crazy do you think it would be to not... To basically just like put our weapons away. Don't don't be don't be crazy, Reg. Okay, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, yes, I, that's good. I, I hear what you're saying, but no. I did it not. Okay, I didn't feel. Okay, you know what? I'm sort of getting off on the thing here because of my natural, uh, my my natural predilection, I guess, to like want to not impede on this indigenous environment. But I think we go with the core and we go. All right. Let, let's, uh, let's, let's head back. Hey, everybody. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the podcast from our interviews and actual plays to our rambling roundtable discussions. If you like what you're here and you'd like to support the show, we have great sponsors for you to check out. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company is a small batch craft coffee roaster and is our OG sponsor. There are three signature blends to choose from. The Morning Lark, which is a light roast. The Night Owl Blend, which is a rich dark roast. And the Hummingbird Decaf Blend. They also have the exclusive Legendary Brew, a nice medium roast coffee. Perfect fuel for all those late night gaming sessions. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order and shipping is always free. So head on over to tinyurl.com forward slash legendary brew or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out. We'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.